Welcome to Maine's Oyster Aquaculture Podcast. My name is Bill Pernum. Here we have weekly conversations with oyster farmers, many who are marine biologists, ninth generation fishermen, or former hedge fund guys, but all are driven by the desire to work on the water and to fight the impact of climate change. These are global stories just told locally. Maine faces some big challenges. The Gulf of Maine is the second fastest warming body of water on the planet. But these folks have ideas and solutions driven by science and innovation. These entrepreneurs are a resilient, gritty group. Oyster Aquaculture cleans water, helps coastal communities, preserves Maine's working waterfront, just as it contributes to Maine's economy, the food scene, and tourism. These are stories told with humor and optimism about the best oysters in the world. In 2010, Abigail Carroll started Nonesuch Oysters. It began as a small oyster farm in the Nature Conservancy in Scarborough, Maine, just south of Portland. Today, Nonesuch Oysters is an award-winning company whose oysters are found in top restaurants across the country. Nonesuch also offers, which I find very interesting, a range of healthy Maine seafood and handmade skincare products made with Maine marine ingredients. This recording was made at uh, one of New England Ocean Clusters Innovation in the Blue Economy series uh, at Rising Tide Brewery in Portland, Maine. The New England Ocean Cluster connects ocean-minded people. It creates opportunities and drives innovation. I made this recording on my iPhone for research of my new book, Maine Oysters, Stories of Resilience and Innovation. The idea of creating this podcast was an afterthought, uh, so please bear with the audio recording quality. So I was asked to talk about um, having different brands of oysters. Um, and before I can talk to you about different brands, um, I just want to share with you one sort of fact that blew my mind and it continues to blow my mind because it, um, from Canada all the way down the East Coast and into the Gulf, with only one exception that I am aware of, which is that Milan oyster, everybody is growing the same species of oyster. So that's the Crossostra virginica. So that means those big gulf oysters, the well-fleet oysters, the mookie blues, the uh, apalachicola, these are all the same species of oyster. So what's making them different is the, the local growing environment. Like wine, the terroir, a Chardonnay grape from California will make a very different Chardonnay wine um, than that from uh, Burgundy in France. In fact, even where you are on the hill side of Burgundy of France will have a really big impact on the wine that you're making. Uh, by accident, I learned just how specific and how intensely oysters are um, reflective and uh, dependent on their environment. So on my farm, within seven small acres, uh, we grow oysters two different ways, producing just tremendously different results. Not only are the shells different, but the meats are different. Um, not because I'm saying it, but because I hear it from people eating the oysters. And so this has allowed us to create two different brands, which has been a really interesting experience. Um, but before I tell you about that, I just want to say, because I feel like I have to say something about the environment every time I talk to a group of people, um, if two different oysters grown in slightly different places in the water column on a seven-acre farm with very shallow water in the Scarborough River um, grow this differently, 
it is a huge reminder to us about the impact that everything we have, that everything we do in our lawns and everything, and the impact it's having on the environment around us. Um, oysters, even more than grapes, are the perfect reflection of where they're grown. Um, so our nutsuch emeralds are grown on the riverbed. Um, and sort of to the last talk, uh, we started growing oysters in bags, and we had such incredible um, problems with mussels, just wild, wild, wild moss mussels spawning that we just couldn't get ahead of. It looked like those fowl bags that you showed. Um, and so I discovered one day by accident, because a friend of mine dove the site at a high tide, he brought up these beautiful oysters, and these green oysters that escaped from our bags, and I was like, Wow, that's amazing, that's beautiful. So we started dumping all the oysters on the bottom, and of course then we discovered that we have a massive silt problem on our site. And because we're in this sort of uh, serpentine little part of the river, the, the one season all the silt goes one way, and then the next season all the silt goes the other way. Um, and in the meantime, maybe partially because of ocean acidification, um, wild oysters, became, uh, wild um, mussels became rarer and rarer. And suddenly we have no more wild mussel problem in our river. So to hedge the risk of the emeralds, we've put oysters back in gear, and now we have happily two brands that we nurture and, and sell and take to market. Um, and it's it's been really fun on the, on the market side to have two brands because I get to tell the story I just told you a lot, and, and, and I love that story. I love, uh, I love communicating that really special thing about the oysters and how they relate to the environment. And it's fun to have that together, but more importantly, as an oyster farmer, and I have a background in finance, and bankers and finance people hedge risk a lot. And this is a beautiful hedge. And uh, when we get a big silt influx, well, we've got oysters on the on the surface. If if we get a big, you know, ice one winter, well, we have oysters on the bottom. These two um, oysters have different, very very different lives depending on, you know, in these two different areas in the water column. And and risks just we're just confronted by nature all the time, and we never really know what to expect. But by having these two different oysters on our farm, we have a real a real opportunity to try to hedge the risk. Um, of, of farming oysters. If you like stories like this, visit MainOysterBook.com for more conversations with the people who have and are creating the story of Maine oyster aquaculture. And you can pre-order the new book from Perna Content, Maine Oysters, Stories of Resilience and Innovation. This book is filled with wonderful insights from very interesting people, and it's filled with stunning photography from some of Maine's best photographers. Perna Content is very pleased that Oyster Grow has joined the Maine Oyster Aquaculture Podcast. Oyster Grow equipment and systems have been developed through many years of innovation and testing. The Oyster Grow system offers the knowledge and the equipment required for cost-efficient commercial production of high-quality oysters. Oyster Grow, designed to deliver. For more information, visit OysterGrow.com or call Oyster Grow's New England distributor, Thomas Henninger, at 207-318-5617. Portion of the proceeds of this podcast and Maine Oyster Book are contributed to the Maine Community Foundation, the Maine Community Foundation works to improve the quality of life for all Maine people. To find out more, 
visit maincf.org. See you next week, and thanks for listening.